Hi, this is Angel Wilson, and welcome to another Mini Spark episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my little corner of the podcast world. This is Angel, and I'm coming to you with a lovely Mini Spark episode. So, what is a Mini Spark episode? It is basically a shorter, abbreviated episode where I go over different news updates in the autism world, current events, hot button topics that seem to be popping up in the field that I've noticed. And some of these topics may lead to longer episodes further down the line, but it's something that may have just sparked my interest this week and I felt like sharing it with all of you. So this one is kind of continuing on a similar thread to the last mini spark episode that we had, which talked about the um, JR Center and ABA International and how this is starting. It seems to be starting a domino effect within the ABA field. And that's kind of what I want to talk a little bit more about today. So recently within the last uh, month or two, we've, I've been seeing and noticing that there has been an increase in layoffs within the ABA field, particularly with um, centers, organizations, or companies that have been bought out by private equity um, companies. So basically bigger investment kind of companies coming in and buying up these uh, behavioral based, mostly autism related companies. But also this is coming at the same time that there's starting to be this little shakeup in the ABA world. So it's going to be really interesting to see over the next few uh, months or even year or so, how that affects the landscape as far as services overall with autism goes. Um, particularly, I wanted to talk about um, two uh, really big organizations that uh, recently downsized. Uh, one, and I, I may pronounce the name of this one wrong. If not, if I do, forgive me. I think it's called um, Elemi, and then the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. Now, I want to preface by saying this is different from FAU card. Those of us in Palm Beach County, a lot of us in the autism field are very familiar with um, FAU card, which is actually the Center for Autism and Related Disabilities. I know that's confusing. So when I am talking about card, I am not talking about FAU card. They are very different from this other card, Center for Autism and Related Disorders. FAU card is kind of a hub to connect you to services and resources. And they also have a very strong backing as far as uh, research goes. They do a lot of research. This one that I'm talking about, the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, is more of an actual service provider. It actually provides ABA services. Both apparently, I believe, may be present here in, in, the, in Florida, but again, not talking about FAU card. So don't confuse the two. So for the national card that I'm talking about, that's not FAU, they were um, bought by the Blackstone Group for $700 million back in 2018. That's a lot of money for, for an, an autism uh, organization. That's one of the bigger ones. Blackstone may sound familiar to some of you and some of you may not know why, but the reason why it struck a chord with me when I first heard it, and I said, I've heard of this group somewhere. Why? I did a little bit of research and found out, oh, the reason why is because uh, 
I looked this up by way per Wikipedia. Um, the United Nations actually condemned them a couple of years ago for practices that negatively impacted minority communities with regards to housing. So right after the housing bubble uh, in 2008, where everything just the market housing market just completely kind of imploded on itself. Blackstone Group went in and bought up a ton of homes and then, you know, really started hiking up the rents, uh, using really aggressive eviction practices, um, you know, gave really ridiculous fees to tenants. And a lot of this stuff disproportionately negatively affected minority communities to the point that the United Nations actually did a report and condemned them for it. And yes, this is the second time that I'm mentioning the United Nations condemning some organization or group tied either directly or indirectly to ABA, an ABA group or an ABA, ABA association. I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to go as far as to say that's not a coincidence, but I'm like to get to condemn twice um, and have ties to the same uh, field is a little concerning. and. I'm keeping an eye on that to see if it pops up anymore, but it did not go unnoticed by me that this, yes, the second time that we've had the UN condemn practices that were loosely or not so loosely, you know, tied to either ABA itself or an organization connected to ABA. So I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, so this national card that's owned by the Blackstone Group decided, you know, announced that they were going to be closing all of their offices in a particular state, which is Oregon, and laying off about 150 staff. So that's an entire state now who those are going to be, you know, possibly hundreds of families who are losing services now um, since this, you know, post takeover. The other big company who had a similar announcement, which was kind of even bigger, was um, Elemy. This one is backed by um, SoftBank, which, if you don't know, is a huge, huge, uh, huge bank, huge investment firm. They are they're huge. <laughs> if you if you Google them, you will see they are absolutely huge and they do a lot of fun. They fund a lot of uh, companies, businesses, organizations, uh, you know, movements all over the place. So once LME got backed by SoftBank, they were valued at one point eight billion. I said billion as in B. A autism-based company now worth close to $2 billion. This all happened last year because SoftBank invested in them and that brought their value up to their value up to $1.8 billion. This month, Elmi, in a very abrupt uh, announcement, cut off and, and cut off families in Illinois and Georgia and laid off all of their workers, which were hundreds of people in those two states, citing market conditions. Literally in the story that I, um, that I read, there was a family who literally was told 15 minutes before their session was supposed to start that they will no longer be having sessions. <laughs> and that same day staff were emailed and told you're being laid off. And then right after they got the email and read it, they were cut off from the, the, uh, the, the system, their work computers were, were basically kind of shut down and they couldn't access their systems anymore. Very abrupt, extremely abrupt. And any, the reason why this is such a concern, particularly in the autism world, 
is because the fact that, and this is not just for autism, I think this is for any kind of social service, any kind of mental health services, any kind of healthcare services. If it's been a long time service, like for example, with this family, they had been seen by this or this company for over a year. They had the same behavioral technician who was coming in for a year. To just abruptly cut that off can have really adverse effects on the child. If there's going to be a transition of services, if a tech is leaving or if a company is downsizing, even though there's no hard or fast rule in the autism world as far as like when, how long you should take, most of us tend to lean around like 30 days. Most of us tend to say, let's give about, you know, a 30 day transition period to kind of locate additional services before we completely transfer over. Um, it's one reason why whenever I've left an organization, you know, of course, most people give a two week notice. I usually give a month because I want to make sure that when I leave, there is a plan in place or at least a plan in the works for the families, not just like on, on the side of like paperwork being done and ready to go. But on the side of those actual families, is there another person who has been brought in, already introduced to the family? We got to overlap a little bit. I really like there to be an exit strategy, an actual transition or exit strategy. From the sound of it, that wasn't really the case in this situation. They offered online um, services to, the, to this family and other families. But any one of us who have worked in this field and, and had to do online like Zoom meetings or Teams meetings with uh, clients and families during the pandemic, you know, Toddlers and little kids are not going to pay attention to the screen unless it's their favorite characters on it. If it's you, they're not going <laughs> to, it's far less likely that they're going to pay attention. It's not the same at all, especially if they were getting all in-house services up until that point. So that sudden cutoff really took a lot of people by surprise. And it started getting talked about in the autism field, in the, in the side of the field, which all the providers and the educators and, and you know, the, the actual people that actually, you know, give services. It was talked about a lot and buzzed about a lot. And there are apparently other um, ABA-related uh, businesses who are also having the same issue where there's a lot of layoffs happening. And so, of course, that's being talked about now. And it kind of brings me back to kind of the overall arc of what the where these mini episodes have been going, which is kind of the I'm calling it the reckoning of ABA <laughs> and how this particular approach has been kind of unchecked for well over a decade, I can say for sure, and has almost kind of monopolized the market as far as autism services go. And what happens and what are the consequences of that happening? What happens when one approach completely monopolizes a field? What happens when um, one approach kind of pushes out, you know, another? The, the good side about that is that I've been talking with a lot of different uh, board certified behavioral analysts who are like the main kind of top tier folks in the field, in the ABA field. I've been talking to a lot of them online, just casual conversations. There's one in particular, I've mentioned him before, the bearded behavioralist. Um, there's a lot of great conversations on his Facebook. Uh, he posts a lot of interesting stuff. He's the one that really got me, you know, picked my ear up about the, um, the, the JR Center and those kind of things. But he's one of a lot of uh, BCBAs who are starting to look at the ethical side of ABA a bit more. 
And but the thing is that these are concerns. The concerns that they're talking about now are concerns that have been raised by autistic people literally for years. For years, autistic people have been saying that there are huge issues, not just with the the scope of who is in the field of ABA, but the some of the principles of ABA in general and how autistic people are viewed in the ABA field. They've been talking about this for years, and it's just now starting to kind of get spoken about amongst you know the ABA field. And while there is a consensus, like I can come to a consensus with a lot of the BCBAs that there needs to be changes in the field that all of us can agree on. The thing that I'm still seeing is this, I don't want to say superiority complex, but this feeling that their approach is still the best one and the most sound one. So that belief still solidly remains. And it's, I, I can't, I don't have the answer on how to kind of crack that. I, I have, I, I really don't. I, I will say that I'm encouraged by the fact that, you know, there's, there's admittance that there needs to be changes on, especially the ethical side and, you know, more uniformity on how it's even executed. Uh, because right now, from what I'm gathering, my experiences in ABA were considered by them, by the BCBAs that I've talked to, to be extremely horrible. And um, they said that's they basically said that's not ABA. <laughs> They're like, we don't know what that was, but that wasn't they were saying that's not ABA. And I think I might eventually do a kind of like a story time episode where I'll tell you, tell all of you some of the the stuff that I saw when I was introduced to ABA applied behavioral analysis, because. Um, apparently I saw the worst of it and that shaped my viewpoint of it. And I honestly, I don't know if I'd ever fully be on board of it just because there's so many autistic people who are not on board of it. And I, I tend to lean toward whatever autistic people are saying, but I will, I, I will say that, um, I'm, I'm happy that there's starting to be some kind of recognition there. And I want to actually wrap up this this little mini episode with a quote from a um doctor and a speech language pathologist that I really greatly admire Dr. Barry Prisant. He has a book called Uniquely Human. Uh it recently got updated and revised this year. Go look it up again. It's called Uniquely Human by Barry Dr. Barry Prisant. And um I really I follow him on LinkedIn. I really love his viewpoint. He's very well known in the autism world. Uh he's very well respected in the autism world. And he gave a quote um, in response to this very story about the firms and these businesses kind of laying off uh, people. He, he gave a really good quote, and I'm going to actually read it to you now because I think it's a good way to end the um, episode. And he's, regard he's talking about the drop in ABA services, basically. He says, and the dive will continue as more and more people realize that ABA is not the only way. As research supports developmental and relationship-based approaches as more effective and as more revelations about the negative effects of ABA are reported in research and by the autistic self-advocacy community. As we learn more, we learn more. <laughs> we, 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 we learn, hey, there may not be just one way. There are other, um, other approaches out there and one size doesn't always have to fit all. I hope you guys loved that that little dive into further into kind of the ABA world in particular and what's going on with it. 
this will probably be a ongoing theme just because there's so much kind of moving in that field right now and because it's such a huge chunk of the autism world i think it needs to be talked about and um, again if you have questions concerns if you want to suggest ideas possibly for mini spark episodes if you even have experiences that you want to want to share connect with me connect with me online you can email me my email is angel a-n-g-e-l-w at sparkguidance.com spelled s-p-a-r-c-g-u-i-d-a-a-n-c-e.com you can also hit me up on instagram at at sparkguidance spelled the same way you can hit me up on my website uh, sparkguidance.com or you can also check out other episodes of this lovely podcast on sparkupautism.com or through be well pbc Thank you guys so much. I, I love always sharing all this great information with all of you. And uh, remember, be blessed. Don't be stressed. See you later.